Hello and welcome to this week's this week's Image Comics reviews. This drops every <laughs> single Wednesday. I wanted to say that first. That's where I got tripped up. Uh, I'm joined by Pete this Yo. week to bring you four Image Adam? Comic reviews. We didn't do one last week because we were busy with Comic-Con stuff and we weren't too inspired by the books that were out then. Uh, so we're making up for that this week. Image Comics gives us the books early so that we can review them for you day and date. Today, we're going to be talking about Gunslinger Spawn, number one, King Spawn, number three, Ant, number one, and Made in Korea, number five. Those are the four books that we thought were Image's biggest, and so we're here to talk about them. Before we do, want to let you guys know how you can support the show everywhere that we are. Of course, we are the Comics Pals. You can find us all over social media and the wider internet at the Comics Pals. Uh, get us at thecomicspals at gmail.com if you want to write to us. And if you just want to leave us a comment, you can do that anywhere you're, you're engaging with us, including YouTube, where you can subscribe for free at youtube.com slash thecomicspals. Like the video, share it with your friends. All that stuff's free to do and helps us out a lot more than it costs you. If you want to hear our main show, which we think you should tune into, uh, that drops every single Monday where we're talking about the characters you love and all the places you can find them. Make sure you're checking out our interviews from New York Comic Con. We did a bunch of them. They're up now. A lot of them are. And keep checking back. That's why you really should subscribe if you haven't, because there are interviews that will continue to drop, and we want you to know that they're out there. So subscribe, hit the notification bell. We interviewed Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. Greg, of course, a legendary artist from Spawn, which we'll be talking about in a moment. Uh, we interviewed Philip Kennedy Johnson. We interviewed Kyle Higgins. For those of you who love Radiant Black and listen to our reviews of that, we made sure to get him for you guys. We did a bunch. So go check those out. Uh, it would mean a lot. Let's dive into the first review here. We're going to start with Gunslinger Spawn, number one. This was, for me, a highly anticipated book because uh, Brett Booth was joining the team as the artist. I really like Brett Booth. I think Brett Booth is super talented. He did the X-Men one-shot. It wasn't a one-shot, but it was a, a, uh, a one-and-done story during Jonathan Hickman's run on that title. Uh, I think, think it was like issue 18 or something. Um, so we've got Brett Booth. Of course, Todd McFarlane wrote it, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, Alice Cott did the uh, scripting on the small gift sub-story. Um, Thomas... Natchlick did some art here. Philip Tan, Kevin Keane, uh, Adelso Corona did the inks. Uh, Daniel Henriquez did inks as well on one of the sub stories, Colors by Andrew Dollhouse. And then for the sub stories, we had Nikos Kostis, Marcelo Izzoli, uh, Marcelo Maiolo, and FCO Placencia. And then the letters by Tom Orzachowski. So lots of creators involved in this uh, in this book. So I know that the Spawn books have been a little rough around the edges, uh, especially the ones that are written by Todd. I had I had mixed feelings about this one. I didn't fully hate it. I didn't fully hate it. <laughs> what a what a glowing review. Um, I know. Yeah, I I think I felt similarly in the in the way that this felt less tough for me to get through than than King Spawn has been and continued to be. Um, mm. Spoiler alert for me on that one. Um, I think because the 
the gunslinger character is kind of like starting uh, from a square one to some degree. So, and he has like this fish out of water quality of like he's a weird cowboy spawn, and yeah. he's just like, "What the fuck is gas?" Like, you know, I don't know <laughs> that that was like that that felt novel, right? Like him yeah. him in this like punk teenager that he has as a sidekick now, I guess. Um, that 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 didn't not work for me, you know. It was it was fine. Um, so I think I think the fact that like it it was a little easier to pick up and and see where things were going. Right. Um, rather than like feeling like I'm in the middle of a story that's steeped in lore that I just I am not familiar with. Um, I think this was this was easier for me to get down with uh, for that reason, at least, you know, um, it's not something that I think I would like go out of my way to continue to read. But I I enjoyed this more than the other spawn selections that we've we've had so far, I think. So I really loved all the ideas that were presented here. I loved the idea that Gunslinger Spawn is, as you said, a fish out of water. They gave him a companion. That was really smart. Um, and Todd recognized like what can be done with this character that makes him funny or interesting. And why putting him in a modern world is something that we uh, could get something out of. I, I, I was into that. Um, and, you know, I, I like his character. He's, he's, kind, of, he's kind of fun um there was a lot of like stuff with the uh, taylor the 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 kid that he kind of links up with where he's with his friends and they're barfing and telling fart jokes and someone sharted like that was like dude what decade is this what is what am i reading that was yeah. so lame like i get that todd was trying to express that they're young people but even that was just that didn't feel you know organic it felt kind of forced and weird yeah um I feel you on that. Um, yeah, it, it feels like a you know middle aged dude writing how teenagers are, and it's right. like he sharded. Yeah, and I feel like I feel like you could just as easily communicate that by just being like, "Oh, we're here to bust you out," and then he skips work and they go and get drunk and drive around. Like that's communicating that they have that you know youthful, fucking you know rebellious energy or whatever, right? Like, right. I got it. You know, I didn't. I didn't need you to write. Um, dialogue about about somebody sharding while this kid throws up out the window, and it's like you know, of course, like the, the only girl that's with them doesn't have any lines of dialogue or name. They're just like, oh, there's a girl with them also. Like it's just very yeah. like, okay, this is very very like two thousands energy. <laughs> My favorite line in the whole book is, "I know the power of a horse." What <laughs> is being told by Taylor, like. You've got enough horsepower in your bike because because basically Gunslinger is trying to figure out how he can get his bike moving again. Yeah. Um, but his tires are busted and there's all these problems. And Taylor's just explaining to him how this stuff works. And Gunslinger spawn is like, I know the power of a horse. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, th those those bits did work. You know, yeah. um, th those were pretty funny. Mm hmm. Uh, the the showcasing of all the weapons also kind of fun. I think that that was something that if that was happening happening in a movie, that would be a really funny bit. 
the thing I, that was another thing I thought was genuinely very funny where he's like you want to know my hat's so tall I got a fucking knife in there too like <laughs> you know it's like very fucking funny to me <laughs> yeah that was awesome he whips out his jacket and there's like all these guns and bullets and weapons and it's just like holy shit that's an arsenal and then you find out that like they're all like fucking bathed in his blood so that they can <laughs> kill angels and shit it's like it's the most edgy <laughs> shit ever <laughs> it's edgy but it's also you know i like to think that todd knows that that's funny that yeah it's not just edge you know yeah like i like again like that hat thing is genuinely pretty fucking funny to me like yeah. you know like the fact that the reason he wears a top hat is so that he can hide a knife in it is so silly <laughs> <laughs> my man is an expert killer um i mess with that and so yeah i, I thought that there was fun like once we got past the earlier uh pages i started to enjoy it i, I thought the angel fight was kind of cool i really liked that from a visual standpoint, um, you know, Brett Booth just just brought it here. You can tell that, um, and I think if I, I might be wrong about this, but I don't think this is Brett's first time on Spawn or drawing Spawn. But um, it just looks—he looks at home here for sure. Um, just drawing these larger than life angels and the gunslinger, all that stuff looks great. Um, so yeah, the main story—I really enjoyed it. I'm, I I had a lot of fun with the main story. And then there's like so many backup stories. Yeah. And I was just like, man, I don't need this. I really yeah, don't. Weren't really necessary. There was like a needless tie-in to make it. So Taylor's name is Taylor Bartlett. And they what they did was they they did a flashback to the, the gunslinger's time. He's like from 1850, whatever, uh, 1853. And you see that there's like this bad guy whose whose last name is Bartlett, the Bartlett clan. And it's like, we don't need that tie in. The idea that Taylor is probably related somehow to this guy who gives a shit. It doesn't yeah, it's matter, like that's right? uh, like I think it's more compelling if he's a random teenager that he just becomes friends with. Yeah, there doesn't need to be any like ex like legacy attached or anything like that. That's yeah. all just extra for no reason. One second. Somebody, um, sorry, somebody's knocking on my door. Oh, yeah, you do you. I can keep talking. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I'll just keep talking. Pete will be back. It's fine. Uh, we get another backstory where we learn how the gunslinger even knew how to kill angels, and it's because he's encountered them before. And he figures out that they're weaker, they're weak to his to his powers, but he needs his blood to empower his bullets. And so he cuts himself open to uh, drench the bullets in blood to empower them, which is, you know, Pete mentioned edgy earlier. That's extremely edgy, um, but I wasn't mad at it. I didn't I didn't hate that for some reason. Uh, and I could see myself hating it in another context, but I don't know. I was in he's the gunslinger. Sure. Why not? Yeah, I I kind of agree. Like it, it felt like um, I don't know. This this character feels very much like <clears throat> like Todd just wanted to do some, you know, like Western, like fan fiction type, like, yeah. oh, he's this demon cowboy, you know? And it's like, yeah, that's kind of cool. You know, like mm -hmm. I'm, I, I don't, I feel like I would genuinely be more interested in a book where it was actually set in the 19th century and it's just fucking gunslinger spawn rolling into town. And he's like, you know, like, like the other story that they did, um, where he like, gift. yeah, right. Where he gives, he helps the kid at yeah. the bar and everything and it's just like you know 
this racist, you know, drunk patron who's like threatening this kid and he, you know, just absolutely decimates this asshole and then he's like, All right, I'm out, bye. Like, I feel like that would genuinely be a more interesting book to just like let it be what if there was a cowboy spawn and he just is like that kind of classic Western hero, you know, who rolls in, cleans up and rolls out because he can't live a normal life, you know, like I feel like I feel like that 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 I don't know, like I didn't love having all these backup stories because I just don't feel like I need both. But like if we committed to that as a thing, I think that could be fun, you know. That was the main idea that I came into this review with. I didn't hate this issue. I actually found a lot to enjoy overall, as you can tell. Um, and I've generally been in on the spawn thing. I think that gunslinger could have just been set in the past. Like Pete said, I don't think he needs to cross over necessarily, or maybe he crosses over somehow when the events that the spawn titles are all leading towards yeah. begin. When that actually starts, maybe Gunslinger somehow gets sucked through a portal. I don't care how it happens. Yeah. He ends up in the modern times, and he has to help. I mean, I guess Fine. that's what's going to happen, right? Like that's. But he's in the modern time. Yeah, already. right, right. Um, like, I would have preferred show us who he is through these back the backstories they're showing. Let that be the main idea. And then at some point, time shifts, and he's in the present helping yeah. With the with whatever the central conflict is when it began. And then he comes back, but he still has a motorcycle. That would be really cool. Hell yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite books of all time is uh The Dark Tower One, The Gunslinger by Stephen King. And in that book, you know, the the main character, Roland, is this gunslinger who is in, you know, a very similar world to this one, desert deserted. You know, it it, it feels like old america but it's not old america you know there's been a lot of bad stuff that's happened whatever it doesn't matter the point is that he goes through the towns and he's helping people helping himself doing things as he's chasing uh this man in black that he wants to kill it's a simple story and i feel like you can clear you can easily take inspiration from something like that and do it with spawn and that feels like what this is lean into that go all the way don't bring him into the modern day social yeah I agree. It would make for a more unique book among the series, too, you know, because right. like right. medieval spawn is already a fish out of water and and all that kind of stuff. Right. Like, yeah. So like, do we need, you know, do we need that as well? Like, I feel like it would be more interesting to just commit to the Western thing because it clearly seems like they're having fun with that, you know? Yeah, exactly. But, you know, we're not here to judge the book for what it isn't. Um, no, because it was pretty fun. Yeah, exactly. This and is the judging it. Yeah, this is the one I've enjoyed the most out of everything we've read from Spawn. So that's you know, praise where it's due. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I definitely, definitely want to see more of this character. So I will be back next week. The art was great, or not not next week, but next month. I'll be back. Uh, the art was great. Brett Booth did a fantastic job. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a great marriage. It, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, that he would be a part of this. And um, yeah, I had a blast. So yeah, I think the only thing visually that didn't work for me was some of the, um, the lettering, like some of the like onomatopoeia kind of stuff, like felt a little flat to me. Yep. Um, and I feel like it's a great point. 
I feel like that's something I, I have increasingly less tolerance for because it's like something that's done better and better as you know, as we get deeper into the, you know, comic book uh, medium here, like mm-hmm. some of the stuff we saw from like Daniel Warren Johnson uh, this year and like Beta Ray Bill, it's like, I, you know, I want more. Even in King Spawn, um, there's some more dynamic uh, lettering like that. So yeah. I just, I felt that, that, that felt a little lacking in a book that was otherwise I thought pretty, pretty visually engaging. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Definitely. And I think that's something that can be improved upon. Hopefully it is improved upon because that is a little bit jarring that um, it's such a visual feast. Otherwise, and you just have thunk, you know? Yeah. Um, and it just feels very just on top of everything. You know, yeah. it's not it doesn't feel like it's really enhancing the moment, you know? I mean, it's literally flat. Like it doesn't it doesn't pop, you know, it doesn't yeah. have any energy to it. Um, but yeah, Gunslinger Spawn gets uh, definitely, I would say, pull it. It Don't pull it if you can't accept what Spawn is. Sure. You know, if, if you if you know that Spawn's not for you for whatever the reason is, do not buy this. But if you can accept what Spawn is, if you're inclined to like it or you're willing or you, you're wanting to give it a shot. I think of all the comics that have come out other than Spawn Universe number one, this is the entry point that is the most palatable for a general audience, I think. I would agree with that. I think in that specific context, I could I could say, yeah, pull it. I think for me, if you're that interested, I'd still probably just wait. I mean, I don't know, I guess, right? Like, there's a chance that this book will be worth something, too. So, like, maybe if you yep. do want to get your hands on it, like, that's not a bad thing to think about, right? But, like, I don't know. I, I, thought, I thought this was fun. I thought this was better than the other stuff. I still wouldn't recommend somebody go spend money on this though right now if i'm being honest like i just i don't for a particular kind of reader right like if if you know what spawn is and you're fucking down for that then i think this is a very cool and i i would dare i say better cooler version than the main spawn books which have really been leaving me cold um this didn't leave me cold but it's not something that i feel like i really need more of um so if your sensibilities generally line up with mine then I think there are other books on the shelves that are are more worth your time and the limited amount of, of, you know, books that you can pick up personally. Well, maybe one of those books is King Spawn. King Spawn number three. Spoiler alert. No. (laughs) (laughs) I like this a lot less than King Spawn number one. (laughs) Or, um, sorry, Gunslinger Spawn number one. So Sean Lewis, again, uh, is the scripter here. Although Todd McFarlane is credited with additional edits, whatever that means, with art by Javi Fernandez and colors by FCO Placencia, letters by Anwell Design. This was tough. This was tough to 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 kind of uh, get through. I gorgeous to look record, at. You didn't like the way it looked. No, I said gorgeous to look at. Oh yes, yeah, absolutely. Great. Yeah. I think it's a great looking book. Yeah, but I. I really, really liked King Spawn number one. I thought it was great. Um, this one I didn't love as much. Uh, it, it, it has a lot of problems. Unfortunately, Todd McFarlane's handprints are all over it. The completely overdone, unnecessary narration is just tough. It's tough to get through. And I think it overshadows what Sean Lewis is trying to do. I don't know that 
it's a mandate. I don't know if uh, Todd wrote those. I don't know. But the narration just feels unnecessary. Like you're describing things we can clearly see. We see it. We don't need the narration. It's brutal. The art is so good. Don't cover it up for any of that. Right. Like I think I think the the thing that <laughs> the, the the part of that that I felt the most uh, frustrated by is it's near the end of it. Right. It's during the 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 fight between yeah. him and him and Kincaid. And, uh, and it's like Spawn feels the power and evil, you know, that he's now filled with. It's like we already know that he's more powerful. We've already discussed that earlier in the dialogue, right? Um, uh, but that darkness is the thing Spawn can use because he it's something he controls too. We know that Spawn controls darkness, right? We know this. Uh, and then we see the symbiote come off of him and then he goes inside and, and bursts out. And it says, you know, he can... Uh, he can begin eating him alive from the inside. And once his symbiote is inside, Spawn transports there himself so he can explode out of him. And it's like, no, but I can see that. Right. It's, it's very well drawn. You know, like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm in. And if anything, you, like... It, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, there are times where... Like, we've talked about this when we've gone back and read old comics. There are times where that, as a device works and it's not distracting and it's actually additive and you're getting narration like from the character's inner dialogue of like oh this is what you know this is how you know uh peter is feeling in this moment right or whatever and he's got this sense of dread and like yeah maybe i would know that from context but like if it's well written and it's flowery and it's good then it's like all right cool it's good writing i'm fine with that this is just literally narrating what's happening and it feels like watching like an old serial or something and it's like and then superman arrived on the scene you know and it's like yeah no i fucking know i can see (laughs) you know i'm watching spawn burst out of this man's chest i'm in (laughs) yeah i i i completely agree it's frustrating to to have to sit through that and to be honest there were times when i was just like you know what i don't even want to read this like i'm just going to skip that and read the dialogue you know um which wasn't uh, the dialogue was all right you know um i thought again i thought the first issue was a lot better it was a lot clearer with its intentions um this issue had several different things going on that i wasn't always clear about um you know I, I don't know. I, I didn't I just I didn't love this. I, one one praise I will give it is that it harkens back to things that are familiar for people who only have an ancillary knowledge of Spawn or like a small amount of knowledge um, because it references, you know, Spawn's history. Uh, yes. You know, Al Simmons and what he went through. Yeah, that was good. I thought. Um, yeah. I felt like we could have used that in the first issue, you know? Um, and I, I thought this, this did fill in some of those blanks for, cause you imagine the whole goal of this is to get new readers in, right. And to bring people into spawn. Yeah. At least a, lo- a lot of the goal is definitely to do that. Uh, we had Terry, we had Cyan. So like, if you've seen the movie, even if that's all, you know, that these ideas and characters will be familiar to you, which mm-hmm. is cool. Yeah. Um, and like Pete mentioned earlier, the art is phenomenal. Like, holy shit. The, the scene where he's just fucking wiping all those weird cultists out is like, yeah. it's fucking insane. Um, the, the Specifically the page, it's, uh, 
And see, like, this is the kind of narration that I don't really mind so much, right? Where it's like, uh, there's no amount of pain or punishment he can deliver on them that will atone for their unspeakable devotion to that slaughtering. It's like, all right, cool. Like, that's dramatic. That's that's a little adding a little bit of flair or whatever. And then you cut to this page of just all these crazy little tiny, short, weird angular panels. And the chains yeah. are just going through oh all of them God. and yeah. going through the piece. So cool. Like, that's great. You know, and then, you know, the kid is is screaming and he's like, yes. Yeah. You know, like you it that feels like a moment, you know, and, and, mm. and it has heat. But they, you don't get that. You, so much of it doesn't feel that way. And I think it's the art that is really doing that heavy lifting. That is a cool moment outside of the context of everything else. Yeah, I think is how I feel about it, you know. Um, and I, I know that like it, that comes from a certain level of ignorance of like not being like a, a spawn head, but you know, I guess like the whole thing is that like, I don't feel like these books are doing a great job of, of trying to pull me in, you know, um, aside from the fact that it's maybe something that's not super to my taste, but like, it doesn't even feel like it, it's giving me the opportunity to, to jump in and, and, and get it, you know? Yeah, I I I'm completely with you. Um I I want to like this so much more than I did because again, same thing with Gunslinger just better executed. There's good ideas here. There is cool stuff here. I I I like aspects of this a lot. Anytime that we get to see Spawn just shit on bad people is going to be cool for not an extended period, like the most recent issue of Spawn, where it's literally just 20-something pages of torture. But in spaces, yeah, that can be great. Um, even the fight with Billy Kincaid, I wasn't opposed to that. That dude's a nasty bastard, and I want to yeah. see Spawn destroy people like that. Yes. Yeah, and I don't know, man. That's the thing is, like, I... I... I know that I am not the target demographic for Spawn, but I also know that I could be convinced to be down with it. Yeah. It with the right presentation, you know, and I just feel like this is it's not quite it. Cuz like like you said, I'm all down for the vengeful spirit who fucking kills child molesters and murderers and yeah, like cool. Like why isn't it why isn't it more that? You know, like I I like the idea of like Spawn as like a, a monster movie type story, but he's a superhero too, kind of. Like I just I feel like I feel like they really could get me in the way that yeah. like I described my, you know, dream pitch for Gunslinger and what that would look like. Like I could see myself being down with that. And I just I don't know. It's just not hitting for me. Um and it's not for lack of trying, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, clearly, I I enjoyed this issue a little more than you did. I think that uh, I think that if we could just get like if Todd didn't have his hands on the the scripting aspect of this, I mean, you didn't like King Spawn number one. I don't think I did. Nah. Um, I would enjoy this more probably. Um, but yeah, it's so close to what I kind of want it to be. Um, but I'm not giving up. I still, I still, 
I, I like this stuff, man. I don't know what to tell you. I like it. <laughs> hey, man, God bless, you know? <laughs> if you say so. Uh, let's talk about Hopefully something not that... The God in Spawn's universe, though. He seems like a dick. Yeah, this is definitely... Um, this is definitely... Uh, what's the first book? The The first book of, of the Bible? Oh, um, um, okay. Genesis? Yeah, there you go. I think... Yeah, this is definitely that... You guys know what I mean. That Old this Testament God. That God. Old Testament, thank you. <laughs> Fire the and Old Testament God. motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, he's not playing games with anybody. Even the angels are ruthless bastards. Um, let's talk about Ant, number one. This is interesting. Eric uh, Larson, Mike Torres on flats, Jack Morelli on letters, Josh Eichhorn credited as hardworking farm boy. And it is based on the work of Mario Gully. Uh, I should also point out that. Uh, oh, no. OK, we already credited Jack Morelli. Yeah. Go ahead. I thought this was really weird. Uh, <laughs> like I I went into it not knowing the context of of what Ant was. Um, and when I got to the first page and, so, and saw that the the crediting of Mario Gully, the original creator, um, I kind of did like a cursory Wikipedia read just to be like, oh, okay, like what's the deal with this? And like, why is this coming back? And, and whatever. Um, and that actually, Eric Larson gets into that in the, what I guess yeah. will be the letter section at the end of the book and provided a little bit of extra context. Um I feel like this is ve a very, very interesting comic in terms of its, like, backstory and the context of how and why it exists right now. But as an issue, I, I, it felt weird. Like, it, it felt like it covered a lot of ground um, very quickly. And it, it had this kind of, like, I don't know, like, a bit of like manic energy in terms of how it was like jumping around from thing to thing, you know? Um, and it, it, I, I feel like I'm able to put the pieces together and, and get where, you know, like what this is trying to do and how it's trying to clean up what's come before and contextualize it to some degree so we can now move forward. Um, so fair play, right? Like it, it, maybe if I had read those issues, like some of this would mean more to me, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. This is a weird comic. <laughs> I'm not dismissing the comic because I didn't get it. I'm not dismissing the comic because I didn't have context. I'm not dismissing the comic because I don't like Eric Larson. I'm not even going to dismiss it for what was so crazy offensive that I had to do a double take. The character half black. Yeah, that was something. I'm dismissing this comic because I didn't think it was good. I didn't think it was good. I didn't think it had anything interesting to say. Not to me. I was frustrated by that fact because I've actually never read an Eric Larson book before I realized now this was not a good first introduction. <laughs> not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Not from a writing standpoint not from a visual standpoint this wasn't for me no disrespect to eric larson eric is a legend in this business and deserves all kudos for that 
but you know when you're talking about just you know the comic itself i i i, I can't i can't pussyfoot and it's just literally a cat girl with bolted on tits and massive lips and that's the character you know no nothing else just that that's what that's what we get for that character um you know half black is obviously a play all of these are plays on on batman villains half black is a play on two-face how the fuck is that what you got from two-face i i'm assuming that eric did not create these characters that's the idea that you know eric is you know reintroducing us to the ant and you know the rogues gallery and blah 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 so not gonna lambast eric larson for that but i don't really want to see this character at all i'd rather never see something like that yeah yeah um why does the never mind i'm like like i want to i want to shred that but i get parody i get you know i i get all that but i you know it's just like it's just fucking mind blowing dude yeah i that feels like something you know like i get i i get wanting to honor what's been done or, or, and everything but maybe leave that one on the cutting room floor right like maybe we don't have to okay uh, but you know what I mean? I don't know. And, but to, you know, take it back to what you said on just like, a, um, just kind of a, uh, mechanics level aside from the fact that like the, like I said, I felt like the script jumped around a lot and it was like a little bit like all over the place. Yeah. Um, I didn't really think much of the art either. I oh. thought, I thought it was really like rough in places, you know, it, it felt, um, I don't know, like kind of stiff, you know, like a little, a That's... little, a little rudimentary in some places, you know, and like, um, and yeah, and like you said, like no disrespect, uh, to Eric Larson, but yeah, man, I just, I did not really think much of this. I really did not. Um, again, I, I think the, the story of, of how this book exists is more interesting to me than the concept, um, or what was presented here. Yeah, I I really don't even give a shit about the context. Like, you know, Savage Dragon, like I, I just looked it up right now to see what the interiors look like because I've seen it before, but I wanted to make sure. Savage Dragon looks way better than this. Way better. What happened? I don't know. You know? Yeah, like, I don't know. I don't really understand. I wonder if it's, Um, I wonder if maybe this is like trying to stylistically emulate what's come before. That's probably what it was that I think that's a very fair point. Um, And I, I'll be honest. I didn't consider that from it, from an art perspective. Like maybe, Um, you know, like if, if Eric is such a fan of the work, like, I don't know, you know? Yeah, that's, that's, that's fair. Sure. Okay, fine. That doesn't mean that I have to like this. No, no, and it doesn't. No, I'm not saying you're saying that. <laughs> um, and I, I just didn't like, you know, the main character, you know, her superhero name is Anne. I can't even remember her, her like human name. Her father gives her a shot of this serum that's going to turn her into a superhero. 
and he gives it to her in her ass while she's wearing fucking jeans. He couldn't have like pulled her jacket up, maybe something normal. Yeah. And then she's laying down on the ground in a burning building and the fucking injection, the, 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 the you know, whatever it's sticking out of her ass. <laughs> the fuck am I reading? Yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't even feel like I have anything else to, to add at this point. It's just like, yeah, this was, I don't know. <laughs> it's uh. It's uh, it was not the best introduction. Why did she become the aunt? Because well, she, what was, she wrote it in her childhood journal. So that just ch- t- ch- uh, changes her into that. Also, by the way, how well, that, well, old that's is what this the, girl? That's what the the shot was. I thought. To, yeah, to, to to turn her into, uh, the character that she loved when she was that she created when she was a kid. The shot knew that. Like yeah. did this, like did I miss something? Does genuinely did the did they explain? No, why? I don't. Okay, no, I what what uh, what I feel like is maybe the explanation is that she drew this and her father remembered that and was like, I'm gonna make a bio suit like the thing that she drew and, but that's like I'm drawing that line. I don't feel like that. That's that's me inferring subtext, not right text. Um. Yeah, I I did. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know because I, I she's very very little in the beginning, but I feel like she's older here, right? Because like, um, it, when we first meet her and she's drawing the 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 character, she looks like she's like a little little girl. Yeah, but then when she gets hit by the car, I think she's still a kid. Yep. But then it then feels time passes. Yeah. And it's like when we see her find her dad's partner and then he's dead, it seems like she's like a, a like a teenager. Yeah. Like the bully's older too. And um so yeah, that's that's I don't know, like maybe she's in her late teens, early twenties or something like that. But I, I get like high school probably. She's coming home from school. It looks like right. Like she's got a backpack and shit. I don't. I don't have any more words for this. Yeah, that's cool. Drop this it. Was, that's that's yeah. my that's my recommendation for this yeah, one. I, I cannot recommend that you buy this again. I'm not. This isn't about being disrespectful or offending anybody as far as the creative team. But this just didn't work for me at all. I cannot recommend this book. Maybe Pete's right. And this one is just supposed to be paying homage. And that's all. And the second one will be something radically different from that. I have a hard time believing that that's what's going to happen. But hey, I'm down to be proven wrong. But guess what? I won't be buying issue two. No. Yeah, I I think I'm in the same place. (sighs) So every now and then I have, you know, uh, thoughts that allow us to um, move forward from things like that. So I decided to do that book there so that we could talk about Made in Korea now. So we go from something we really didn't like to something we really did. Okay, cool. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll talk about Made in Korea number five now. This is, of course, by Jeremy Holt, uh, George Shaw, and Adam Wallet. Um, 
we were all left rocked by the fourth issue. That was a heavy, powerful issue. Yes. Um, and they followed it up. They followed it up with a kind of quieter, smaller uh, fifth issue. How did you feel about this one? I loved this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think, like I've, I've said on the main show this week, this is one of my favorite books this year by a lot. Um, I think it's just really, it's really well executed because we talked, we we talked a lot about the pacing of the book when we when we reviewed issue number four, and we talked about how, um, we we've really loved the book even though it's been quiet and it's been a little slower and not slow in a nothing's happening way, but in that like a lot of what was happening was happening in the background and we were mm-hmm. learning things about about Jesse and what her what, how she came to be and what the context of her world is and you know um what what some of her abilities are and how she's growing and changing and then four really felt like an escalation like like everything had built to this crazy moment um that affirmed all of the things that we knew or had been learning but also taught us so much more and established a new status quo and and it it achieved a lot in in, in that issue and did it all in the context of the story of the issue which is i think again like so so artful and to come off of that very like high uh, you know stakes high octane issue that was very you know emotional and dramatic and heavy um and and dealt with some heavy stuff uh to come into this issue that was more personal and that was more about Jesse's character and what she's going through as she is you know uh trying to to find her identity and and figure out who she is and you know um, that that page of of her finding the mirror of herself, right? She goes in through this uh, this men's uh, room door and finds a mirror of herself, and it says, "This is an emergency. Break me!" And she she punches that image she has of herself, um, of of you know how we've seen her before now, and then seeing that through line in this issue, like you know she they go to the mall and she wants to, you know, freshen up her wardrobe and, you know, uh, her, her adoptive father, um, who I can never remember his name. And I, it drives me nuts. Kim. Kim. Thank you. You're talking about her creator, right? Yeah. Her creator. Yeah. yeah uh, you know, he is, is seemingly taking her to this, like, you know, um, this shop and they've got dresses and it's like these very feminine clothes and she wants to go and, you know, um, she has like, you know, the shorter haircut now and, and, you know, she is putting on these more, you know, traditionally masculine kind of clothes and like, it's clearly her, you know, I, at least I think clearly, right. Like exploring her, her identity and trying to figure out who she is and how she wants to present herself. And, you know, um, like who, wh- who is the Jesse that she wants the world to see, you know? Um, and yeah, I just, I, I really like this. I like how how personal and and um and vulnerable it it feels. You know, like uh, coming off of of that issue that was so oriented on you know action and tension and fear to have this be you know quieter you know uh, very humanizing kind of uh, moments for her right of her really trying to find herself. Um, mm. 
I, I really thought it made me feel closer to the character, you know, um, and made me like really not necessarily understand her struggle because I already, you know, it's already clear what she's going through. Right. Yeah. And I think it, she's been struggling with that, but seeing how it's evolving, right. And that she's looking at other people and, and wanting to, you know, talk about like, when is her body going to change? And, you know, and, and those are things that, you know, she's being told are not, not going to be an option for her. And, and, you know, like, um, and yeah, I don't know. There's just, I feel like there's so much there in terms of, of what, um, of what Jesse's going through and, and, I I really really I think that the fact that this book has been able to like achieve so much character work in five issues um it's really really cool like it's very very well done um it's definitely a book that's left an impression on me yeah yeah completely it, it you know it's sad in a lot of ways. I feel for Jesse because Jesse, and, and that's something that the book is kind of quietly subtextually dealing with is like, what are the ethics of, you know, creating life in this way? Because Jesse has all of the desires of a natural human without the ability to, um, kind of like go through the natural human, evolution you know yeah she's not gonna grow she's not gonna you know if it were to be her choice or desire she can't conceive you know a child she can't you know there's a lot of things that won't happen for her that she may decide that she wants um and, and what's that you know how how is that supposed to um how does that look in the real world you know um she sees kids walking friends having fun she doesn't have those things you know she's a robot and everyone knows that she's different and she knows that she's different but she doesn't feel different she doesn't know what it is to feel like anything other than what she is and that's such a powerful statement about you know feeling like an other in the world in general um but putting it in this context it's like hey this isn't that far from like what we'll have to be dealing with maybe one day, you know, answering those kinds of questions about the ethics of robots and how we treat them and use them and stuff like that. And I love stories like that. We had Jeremy on the show and I told them like, this is, you know, I, I I'm here for this kind of thing. This is great. And I'm, I want to see more of this in comics. So yeah, um, yeah I, I really enjoyed the storytelling here. This was definitely my, book of the week um, absolutely i the, i i recommend this book to everybody like when when people yeah. ask me what i'm reading this is one of the it's if not the first it's one of the first three books i rattle off um in terms of this is a book you should be reading um i think it's it's really smart it it is good science fiction but it's also good just human storytelling right and like yeah. it, its ability to like explore these these questions of identity and what does it mean to be alive um, and what does it mean to, to express yourself, you know, and, and all those kinds of things. They're, they're, these are deeply, uh, relatable human, um, experiences, you know, that Jesse is going through. Uh, and yeah, and I, I have a, just a profound amount of empathy for, for this character and what, and what they're experiencing, you know, and, mm -hmm. um, and some of the feelings that they're having to grapple with, 
you know, and, and, and again, right, like this confrontation at the mall, right, like being treated like an object, right, like as this yeah. thing to be controlled and turned off um, when you're when you're an autonomous being is, yeah, like, you know, like imagine how that makes you feel, right, like you're, you're still developing mind too, right, like this is, this is a, a you know, like Jesse's only been alive for what, weeks, you know, months maybe? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like we're going to see her, uh, become like a revolutionary or something, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there, there's a scene where a guy is, uh, he's got a proxy of his own, but it's a, it's an adult or, you know, she's got the body of an adult woman and he's like, you know, changing her settings and stuff like that. Um, yeah, this is uh, Kim's like partner, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's a very, it's a scene that's so devoid of humanity. And if you just remove this proxy and you put Jesse in her place, mm-hmm. or you think about, you know, what the fate of all these proxies is, it's like, well, you know, is that okay? Right. Yeah, I forgot. Um, this guy's Kim's cousin as well. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, and I mean, I think that uh, that 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 interaction, right? And like, then you see, like, the last thing that that he says is, "I won't argue with you." There, the prick of my creations that is that there's no babysitting required, and then it's a shot on her face, right? And it's just this blank kind of expression. Um, and her nudity there is also very important. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and and I I feel like that as a concept is is uh, is really really well um, echoed in the the proxy story at the end of the issue. Um, I really like this one a lot. Uh, this mm-hmm. was this was from uh, Dave Cole, and it's called "You Hear Me." Um, and it's like clearly this child is is creative, right? Is like wants to be an artist. He has the first thing we see is he has a a, a picture or something that he's drawn. And he wants to show his parents, and they're they're ignoring him. They're on their phones, you know. They're they're uh, they're disengaged. Um, and he, you know, goes up to his bedroom, and he has this electronic drum set, and you know he is is pr- you know trying to practice, and you know it doesn't doesn't like the feeling of this electronic kit, so he builds a drum set, you know, out of all these things in his room. Um, because he wants to be heard, you know, and he he wants to get a reaction from yeah. them, um, because he's he's being, you know, he's he's being treated like an object, you know, like a a toy that they've grown disinterested in, right? When he's clearly a, a thinking and feeling being, right, and and who seemingly has some level of autonomy in the same way that Jesse does, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Creating art is uh, that's the most human thing in the world, right? Wanting to express yourself, to 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 be heard. Um, that's yeah, that's 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 really crazy. Um, and that that kind of idea, I feel like, is echoed throughout. You know, this issue and that those questions that that we're asking about about these, you know, um, about these, you know. Uh, autonomous you know these these autonomous beings right they're 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 people for all intents and purposes and you know in in their own way they're not right they're something else and and you know they're that's 
what they're going to have to grapple with in time as well, I would imagine, right? Is like, right. what does it mean to be different than people? Because we're not really people. Um, but yeah, I feel like I feel like that's just such a. Um, it's it's not a, a totally new idea, right? Like we've seen lots of stories that have that question of of you know are are artificial beings alive, right? Um, but I yeah, I just I feel like Jeremy treats these characters with a, uh, and and I guess I should say Jeremy's collaborators, right? Who've written the backup stories and, and all those things as well, and of course you know the artistic team. Um, I just feel like they treat them with such a profound amount of humanity. Um, that it, it really does make it easier to connect and not have it feel like this abstract question, right? Of like, like I don't, I like on the page, I don't feel like she's any different than anybody else, right? Like she's just trying to find her place in the world, right? Like, like everybody is. On the matter of the the backup story, you know that that character, that boy who wants to create and is being ignored, wants to be heard by by his parents that's a universal feeling not necessarily that every single human on earth can relate to it but a lot of us at some point or another have felt ignored by our parents um it has a it takes on a different context when it is you know a proxy which they purchased presumably and you know is doesn't have needs in the same way presumably as human children um, that require your constant attention almost, but parents ignore their human children all the time. And I love that these, these backstories are often stories that can resonate with you. Um, even though you're looking at what's happening to a robot, you know? Yeah. Um, so there's just so much to love here. Made in Korea is fantastic. It's going to be a sad time when we're reading the finale. Um, but this has been a tremendous ride thus far. Yeah, I, I I really truly couldn't recommend this book <clears throat> more highly. Uh, it is pretty much my pick of the week every time that it is one of the books we read. So yeah, um, yeah, high praise for a a really really exceptional creative team. And and I wouldn't I wouldn't even necessarily say you know it's it's five issues in. I wouldn't even say you need to trade weight it. I would say go pick up these issues. Jeez, go pick I'm- it up because. Even if you, you know, however you get them, you get them digitally, whatever you do. The reason I say that is because in order for these books to continue, in order for Jeremy to get their next at bat, in order for George Shaw to get their next at bat, in order for us to get these kinds of stories, we have to support them. So, you know, if you've heard our reviews and you're curious about the book, take the plunge. I say pull the first one all the way to now and then jump on six when that comes out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, This is a book that I like we get free from image and I buy it on Comixology just because Um, and I'm going to buy the trade when it comes out because I really like this book and I want to put my money where my mouth is on this one, you know. So, yeah, hope you'll do the same. Really, really hope you will. That's it for our reviews of this week's Image Comics. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. If you leave comments anywhere, 
We respond to those comments every single week on our main show, The Comics Pals, which drops every single Monday. Check that out. Listen for your comments, and hopefully you enjoy the rest of the content as well. If you want to support the show, you can write to us at thecomicspals.gmail.com. Leave us a follow, a rating, a review, wherever it is that you're listening to us. Subscribe on YouTube for free. Like the video. Share it with your friends. All of that is free to do, and it helps us out a lot more than it costs you. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. We, of course, are The Comics Pals saying until next time take care guys see you next week